Ephesians this morning. We'll read two passages. First from Ephesians chapter 1, first 10 verses, then a section from chapter 5, and all of this in preparation for the text and the preaching from the text, which will be Ephesians 6, which is about the relationship of children and parents. We begin then with Ephesians 1, verse 1. Let's listen to the word of the Lord given through his servant, the Apostle Paul, as follows. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Turning ahead to chapter 5, beginning with verse 8, verses 1 through 7, we have been encouraged to Walk in love, even as Christ has loved us, and then the Apostle has warned us to stay away from things such as filthiness and foolish talk and crude jokes. And then he goes on to explain in more detail why this is the case. Verse 8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So far, the reading from God's Word. If you're able, let us rise and sing from Psalm 25, stanzas 2, 3, 5, and 6. 
Let's then take God's word and open to the text, the passage that we'll focus on this morning, Ephesians chapter 6, the verses 1 through 4. And there the Holy Spirit instructs us as follows, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. After the proclamation of God's word, let's sing from hymn 11, stanzas 1, 6, and 9. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, we began this worship service singing from Psalm 128, a well-known psalm about marriage and the family. And it ends on a very positive note, stanza three. From Zion come your blessing. May you see Salem's peace and happiness progressing until your days will cease. Then we just finished singing from Psalm 25. And again, the last stanza that we sang had a very positive note to it. Positive note in the context of family life. Then will he know happiness, and his children God will favor all the land they will possess as their heritage forever. This then, on the basis of the word of God, is what we confess. That there is blessing, and blessing simply, literally means happiness. There is blessing, there is happiness in family. Children received from the Lord and even grandchildren if the Lord allows. At the same time, that's not all that the Bible says about family life. And it's also not all that we experience about family life. Because if you read about various families in the Bible, you will also read A number of occasions where all was not well between parents and children. Just think, for instance, about David's own family and some of the struggles between him and his sons and in between his sons. It was not all rosy and blessing and happiness in the family of David. And so, brothers and sisters, also today, even we who may enjoy the blessing of not only having family, But having Christian families, there are difficulties to face. Children do not always obey and honor, respect their parents. Whether that's because of their own sinful nature, whether that's perhaps also because of the example that they see from other children, whether that's because in our world's There's a loss of respect 
for those in authority, including parents, whatever may all feed into that. But I think all the children here this morning and all the parents realize full well that children do not always do what the Apostle Paul says they should do, obey and honor your parents. But it goes the other way as well. Parents do not always think about their children as the great blessing and joy that the Lord has intended them to be. Sometimes, whether that's because of their own sinful nature, whether that's the way in which the world starts to think more and more about children, but sometimes parents start to think about children as a bit of a burden rather than a great blessing. And then if you add into that mix the simple busyness of life, that the rat race is only getting rattier all the time, all of these things brought together brings us also to the reality, brothers and sisters, that within family life, it's not always happiness and joy. And yet, no matter how many struggles, no matter how many joys, no matter how much sinfulness we may have to deal with, no matter how many blessings we may enjoy, this remains stable. This remains the same, that by the grace of God alone, our family life is in the Lord. Please note how this text from the very beginning speaks about parents and children, but then has that important phrase, in the Lord, and it goes all the way through to the very end of our text, which ends with almost exactly the same words, of the Lord. Everything that we consider this morning, brothers and sisters, about children and parents, let this be abundantly clear. By the grace of God, that whole family life is wrapped in the Lord. And that makes all the difference in a fallen world. I bring you God's word as follows. Our family life is, by the grace of God, in the Lord. And we will see two things. In the first place, parents, children, obey your parents. And secondly, fathers, nurture your children. This text, in the first place, speaks to children. You see that right from the start. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. But who are children? Might seem like a rather obvious question, but it's an important one. Because normally when we try to identify now, who are children, we think in terms of age. And then we start with the wee little ones, and we speak of babies or infants. And we say, well, they're from about newborn to probably about two years old. And then once you've gone through the time of being a baby, then you become what we normally call a child. And we speak of children from the age of, let's say, two, three, up to about 12 years old. Although, 
Lately, they've introduced a new category, and that's called tweens. It's even before you become a teenager. And so now sometimes people speak about children from about 2, 3 up to 7, 8. And then from the time you're 7 or 8 until the time you're 12, you're called a tween. And then once you turn 13, well, that's something big. And when you turn 13, then you become a teen-ager. And you stay a teenager until you're 19. And then you become 20, and that's big again. For now, you are entering this time in your life where that childhood is fading quickly. And now you have to start thinking about being an adult, young adult, and then they talk about 20-something, and so it goes. All these different age categories, babies, children, tweens, teenagers, 20-somethings, And the world, brothers and sisters, has the expectation that you should act in a certain way based on which age category you're in. You see, babies, they say, babies basically just have to be cute. But then once you're a child, the expectation is that you're going to be having a lot of energy, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, busyness, sometimes even a bit rambunctious. Then, teenage years. And suddenly, teens become more quiet. Maybe even a little bit more withdrawn. And somehow, we have this idea that teenagers are expected to be moody. Maybe even a little bit rebellious. But that shouldn't last forever, because by the time you're out of your teens, you're becoming a young adult... You should be responsible, growing also in stability. You see, we have all these different age categories in our mind. And I realize I'm being a little bit simplistic here, but we have this idea that for certain age groups, certain kinds of behavior. But what happens when you turn to the Word of God? When children are described you generally don't hear a lot about how old they are. Are they babies? Are they children? Are they tweens? Are they teenagers? The Holy Spirit doesn't spend a lot of time telling us which age category people are in. But do you know what we often hear? We hear not exactly how old they are, but to whom They belong. Often you will hear in Scripture things like David, the son of Jesse, or Isaac, the son of Abraham, or King Ahaziah, whose mom's name was Athaliah, Athaliah who happened to be the granddaughter of Omri. You see, the Holy Spirit has decided that it's far more important to know who your parents are than exactly where you stand on that chronological spectrum. But now, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians, brings this to a whole new level. Children, if I ask you, 
I think you can probably tell me the name of your parents, your dad and your mom. Your name may be Jane, your dad's name may be John, your mom's name may be Susan. You know this. This is simple. But in Ephesians, the Holy Spirit is teaching us that not only is your dad's name John or your mom's name Susan, but you have a father who is in heaven and his name is the Lord, God, creator of heaven and earth and everything in it. Because before we come to Ephesians chapter 6, we read Ephesians chapter 1. Before we heard anything about children obey your parents, we heard Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But now note, he who is the Father of Jesus Christ is also our Father. Look at verse 4, the end in verse 5. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Sons and daughters of God, the Father in heaven. And that's why when the Apostle Paul comes here towards the end of his letter and he looks at the children in the congregation, he says, children, I have something I have to say to you. Obey your parents. And the children say, yes, we know this from the fifth commandment. But he adds in the Lord. Because you children and your parents are wrapped within another family. You see, this is the blessing of the grace of God. You actually belong to two families. You belong to the family live together in the same house, at least so long as the children are younger. But then there is what we call the family of God. And the Father is the Lord, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. And that makes so much difference. Because your dad and your mom, they have their limits. Your dad and your mom, they only have so much strength. And then they get tired. They get really tired. But God never runs out of strength. He's almighty. And your mom and your dad, they only know so much. Sometimes you ask your dad or mom a question, they say, sorry, son, daughter, I don't know. But God your Heavenly Father, He knows everything. Your parents, sometimes they make mistakes and they do things that are not right. But God, your Father in Heaven, never makes a mistake. He's never done one single little thing wrong. And when all of us, children, whether younger or older, Parents, grandparents, when we think of our family life within the family of God, then so many blessed, happy things open up to our eyes. 
And before we go into more detail about the command, obey, we need to see a little bit more about that. For we already pointed to Ephesians chapter 1, but now look at Ephesians chapter 2. For that word children comes back again in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. There the apostle says, We all once lived in the passions of our flesh. That's just another way of saying we're all, by nature, sinful human beings, carrying around, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And now look, we're by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. That means the wrath of God. By just natural birth, that's where we all would be. Children, teenagers, young adults, parents, we would all simply be children who are deserving of God's holy wrath. But, but, the but of great blessing, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, what did he do? He saved us by grace. And he included us in Jesus Christ so that we are no longer children of wrath, but children of grace. And this then gets worked out a little bit further in the book of Ephesians when we hear about children again. Now at the beginning of chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God, all of us, as beloved children, as loved children. Now what does that mean? As children who are loved by your dad and mom? Yes, hopefully, but it means far, far more than that. As children who are loved by God the Father. And when we are children of grace and children who are loved by God, then, and here's the last step, we are also children of light. Because that's what we read in verse 8. One time you were darkness. One time you were children of wrath. But now, but God, under his blessing, you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now think this through. Children, so parents, here we are with our family life. And as we said from the start, it's not all good and happy. There are things that happen within your family that are hard. They're difficult. They're sad. They're sinful. And yet, whatever happens within your family life, by the grace of God, you can begin here. Your family life is wrapped in the Lord. Your family is only a part of a larger family. God's family. And God's family starts with grace, continues with love, and shines forth in light. And that then is the reason why the Apostle Paul now says, children, also children here, 
in Alora, obey your parents. Obey your parents, why? In the Lord, because that is right. Let me explain this a little bit more. Mom may say to Joseph, Joseph, five more minutes reading your book, or five more minutes playing that computer game, and then you go off and you clean up your room first before you do anything else. And Joseph really likes that Tintin book. And Joseph really likes his computer game. And Joseph thinks to himself, clean up my room. I don't want to clean up my room. I want to keep reading my book. And so Joseph doesn't want to obey mom. And then one of two things happen. Either Joseph doesn't obey his mom, and five minutes go by, and 10 minutes, and 15 minutes, and he still hasn't got up the couch to go clean his room. Or Joseph gets up at five minutes, and he goes off to clean his room, but he's muttering the whole way, I don't want to clean up my room, I want to read my book. So either he doesn't obey, or Joseph does obey, but he doesn't respect. You see, that's the other word there. Not only obey, but also honor, respect. But now, children, even if your name is not Joseph, you need to think about your parents. You need to think about the instructions that your parents give you in a much bigger way. Because I have a very simple question for you this morning. That fifth commandment, you know it, you hear it every Sunday. Honor your father and your mother. Who gave that commandment? It wasn't your dad. It wasn't your mom who gave that commandment. It was the Lord, God, your father in heaven. That same father who did not leave you as a child of wrath, but blessed you and made you a child of grace. That same Father in heaven, who did not leave you as an unloved child, but made you a loved child of his. That same Father who did not leave you in the darkness, but he made you a child of light. That Father in heaven says to you, obey your dad and obey your mom. And that's why it's the right thing to do. Not in the first place because simply dad or mom said it, but because God told you to do it. And God has blessed you, and God should, therefore you should be happy to obey God's command. This goes for older children too. Sometimes we, as older children, question the wisdom of our parents. Parents are trying to guide us through high school, university, perhaps through jobs and relationships and all kinds of other things. And parents sit down and they may give you some advice this way or that way and you tend to question their wisdom. Well, yes, you're growing up and you have to start making decisions for yourself. But remember, honor. Honor, respect for your parents, also as you get older. Why? 
Because your parents are so wise, well, they've lived longer than you. They probably see things that you don't see. But that's not the first reason. You honor and respect your parents because your family life is in the Lord. He brought you from wrath and darkness to grace and love and light. And therefore, even as you grow up, Show that deep, deep respect for your parents because that heavenly father of yours said, do it. It's the right thing to do. And he even gives two, what you might say, additional reasons, encouragement, maybe even a little bit incentive. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. There's something in the fifth commandment that is not simply honor, obey your parents, but then the Lord already from Mount Sinai, he added something, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now this is true in a very basic level. Brothers and sisters, where there is good family life, Children are obeying, children are respecting their parents with all of their weaknesses, but that's the basic posture of children towards their parents. And where parents are loving and guiding and directing their children, we'll come to that in just a moment, where that fifth commandment is being honored, where it's being kept. There is something about family life that is well, that's good. It's not perfect, there's still difficulties, there's still miseries. But it's true, that's a lot better than brokenness, disrespect, rebellion, and lack of love. It's also true that those who listen to their parents often can avoid a lot of dangers. Dangers that can also do damage to our bodies. Think of warnings against alcohol. Think about warnings against getting involved in drugs. If you don't listen, if you get involved in that, it doesn't do anything for your health or how long you live. So there's something that's very basically true, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. It's a general truth. But brothers and sisters, in the Lord, there's something much, much deeper here. Children, obey your parents that it may go well with you. Your parents, children, are the ones who are teaching you in the first place about all of those blessings that come from the Lord. We read about them. I'll speak more about them in the second point in just a moment. But that's really the wellness. That's really the goodness and the blessing of life. It's not just having nice and peaceful family relations. It's about knowing the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you know him, when you're growing in him, then life is truly well. And you truly live long in the land. Did you notice what we sang there in Psalm 25 towards the end of that stanza 6? Not only about happiness progressing, but also... All the land they will possess as their heritage, their inheritance forever. In the Old Testament, God's people look forward to the promised land. 
living for many years in the promised land. But children, you know what you get to look forward to? Brand new earth. Brand new heaven. Where there's no sin, there's no difficulties, there's no crying. That's the inheritance. And that's why the apostle says, keep on obeying your parents. Keep on going in that direction. But then there's a message here for the parents as well. Particularly the fathers. You know, brothers and sisters, you really can't avoid the spotlight that's put on fathers here. Of course, mothers are included in raising the children, no doubt about it. But if the apostle had wanted to put the spotlight here on both parents, he could have easily done it. The word is there. Obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. But now when he comes to verse 4, the spotlight is on you, dad, fathers. Other parts of the Bible will address the mothers. But here, dad, you are in the spotlight. And why does the Holy Spirit do that? Because throughout all the ages, there has been a tendency among fathers to say to their wife, mother, maybe they don't say it, but it's what they're suggesting, look, dear, I'll raise the cash, you raise the kids. I'll bring in the money, you take care of the instruction and discipline of the Lord. The Holy Spirit says, Dad, it doesn't go that way. It's true, within any marriage, there needs to be a division of duties. There's a lot to be done. But still, Dad, you're on duty when it comes to the children that God has blessed you and your wife with. And fathers, there are two very specific instructions. One is negative, don't do this. The other is positive, do do this. First, the negative. Do not provoke your children to anger. That means in the first place, don't come down so hard, so harsh, that you make a little bit of a, a bitterness in your children. You see, that's something that dads have to pay attention to. Because if you work hard all day and you come home and the children are not in the best frame of mind because they're hungry for supper and all the rest of it, and then you come and you're going to be dad on duty but you just come down hard on the children and there's no sense of instruction, there's no sense of love, just discipline, just punishment. Well, that can provoke a spirit of rebellion or bitterness in your children. But there's actually more here. If you look in the Old Testament, this word provoke to anger is often used in the context of the Lord being provoked to anger because his people are going after other gods. The people should receive. God should receive love from his people, but he doesn't receive it. They go elsewhere. This is also a warning to dads. Dads, give your children the love, 
the attention. Yes, you're busy, but make it a priority. Give your children the love and the attention that they should receive. Otherwise, they may be provoked to a spirit of bitterness because dad didn't pay attention to me when I was growing up. Brothers, the Lord has blessed you to be a father. Take these instructions to heart. The Holy Spirit knows what he's saying. He knows how family life works. Don't provoke your children to anger in either one of those ways. Rather, positively speaking, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That is, all of that that we spoke of earlier, what it is to have a family life within the family of God, bring that through to your children. Tell them about the grace of God. Tell them about the love of God. Tell them about what it is to stay away from being children of darkness and walking as children of light. Tell them what a blessing it is for you as a father to know that there's a father in heaven because you know how many mistakes, limitations, and weaknesses you have as a dad. Bring all of these things through to your children and be there also when they need to be corrected. Discipline and instruction. Not just discipline, but discipline and instruction. But also not just instruction. Instruction and discipline. Both there, both balanced. And sisters, moms, lest you feel left out, you will be very much involved in all of this. But one extra thing that you may well have to do, because the focus is here on fathers, that's what the Holy Spirit is speaking about, you may have to lovingly remind your husband also to pick up his duties as father, to help him also, because he's a busy man and sometimes His mind gets elsewhere. Brothers and sisters, much more could be said. But now let's come back to your family life. You know it better than anyone here. You know the blessings. You know the joys in your family. You also know the challenges. You know the weaknesses. You know the mistakes. But don't get stuck there. Remember, today and always, since our families, by the grace of God, are part of God's family. Oh, some days we're going to celebrate, and some days we're going to cry on each other's shoulders. Some days we're going to have to confess our sins. But when it's all wrapped in the grace and the love and the light of the Lord, we can be encouraged about family life. Amen.